Recording live from the Hoban Law Group here in Denver, Colorado, I'm your host, Eric Singular. Welcome to the Hoban Minute. Today we are joined by the co-founders of Regenibus, Patrick McCartan and Jeff Trotter. Gentlemen, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. Well, this has been a a long-anticipated episode of the Hoban Minute to get you guys on here, and I know not too long ago you spoke with Bob about some of the things that he's looking forward to in 2021. So before we get into the the meat and bones of the conversation, what are you guys looking forward to in 2021? Do you think that we are uh, close to resuming a sense of normalcy here in the new year? Yeah, I can uh, start off with that one on Jeff. Um, yeah, for sure. I think 2021 is going to be a huge year for the for the cannabis and hemp industry. I think now that you know there's a silver lining with with COVID, with the pandemic, it's really brought to the fore the importance of cannabis and hemp for for our society, for our economy, and also for our environment. Um, so I'm very excited to see more and more M and A. I'm very excited to see more and more publicly listed companies bring ESG and sustainability into the core of their business. Um, and I'm very excited to see organizations like the United Nations who we're working with um, really start to think about what normalization and legalization um, can do for not just North America, but globally, um, and how, the, how that legalization and normalization can contribute to the, uh, the sustainable development goals, which we believe are is the framework to underpin the uh, the global cannabis industry. Yeah, I mean, I would just add to that that um, you know all that Patrick has said, and, and you know, coming out of 2020, we have not only uh, you know been um, part of this this global pandemic from a health perspective, but I think the the past year has also exacerbated some other challenges that we face at. at in humanity, uh, you know, to sort of take it to a lofty, lofty goal. I mean, we've seen an increased focus on things like wealth disparity. We've seen all sorts of geopolitical rest, whether it's here in the United States or elsewhere. We continue to see migration and the challenges facing us because of uh, climate challenges and how that impacts migration. Terrorism, again, home or abroad, everywhere is a big challenge. And, and one could argue that each and every one of those is, has driven or is driven by the challenges humanity faces around race. And, and I think that uh, 2021 heralds, because, of, because this has happened, and to some degree it's still happening, I think what it, it really is doing is it's helped focus the mind and minds collectively. Uh, and, and we think that in the, you know, the hemp and, and cannabis industry can be a significant driver to help us. Um, overcome these these broader challenges, and so we can dive into a little bit more a little, a little later. But you know, I think that sets us as being very hopeful for 2021 and beyond. Well, those, those are exquisite thoughts, uh, gentlemen, and uh, it does remind me of something that is often uh, overlooked. And I know that uh, a good portion of our conversation will touch on environmentalism, uh, sustainability, and the. Uh, sustainable development goals of the UN. And so often it is, uh, it is poor folks who are faced with environmental problems first and foremost. Um, so just an interesting thought there, but let's talk for a moment, uh, because there is a lot of, uh, 
There's a lot of big thoughts here that we're, we're going to try to get down into digestible pieces. Let's start with Regenibus. Let's talk about uh, this platform that you have created to accomplish some of this, particularly for uh, businesses and operators in the hemp and marijuana space. Um, what can you tell us about this platform that you created? Um, well, uh, let, me, let me just jump in there and before... We, we go down and tell you a little bit about platform. I think it's really cool for your listeners and for everybody to just understand a little bit more about Regenibus at a, at a very high level. And that is, um, we are a for-profit entity. And that, that surprises some people time and time again because those guys are doing some really good things. And let, let's just get right out the gate and say that doing good and making money are not mutually exclusive. They never were. But for some reason, somebody somewhere has kind of suggested that you either go out and make money with your career or you do some good. What we are really pushing forward here is that whilst we have to look at the environmental issues and you know, ultimately sustainability is about environmental justice, global north, global south, that's stuff we could dive into. It also is about social impact and social issues and challenges, as I referenced a little earlier. But, but ultimately, what we are, are, are putting forward here is that we can all make money in the cannabis and hemp industry. We can make a lot of money, and some folks are already doing that. What we're saying is that we can make even more money if we embrace both the social impact challenges facing us as well as the environmental impact challenges facing us. And that's fundamentally what is at the heart of what we do on the platform, and the platform is we can break it down into three, you know, integrated offerings. We advise organizations in the cannabis space and those that are looking to be to become and enter into the cannabis space. So Fortune 500 companies that are looking to embrace hemp, medical cannabis, etc. We also uh, and we advise around sustainability and branding. We underpin that with uh, what we call a, a look at their environmental social governance frameworks, the ESG frameworks. So bringing a sense of professionalism to these organizations and helping them grow up to be a better version of themselves. We convene. We have a, a member network uh, called the Regenerous Member Network. Um, it's open to pretty much any organization in the ecosystem. It doesn't have to be a cannabis company. We've got some great companies in there that are delivering services into the cannabis industry. They're not necessarily plant touching themselves. Um, and so that network, that community, the, the alignment is that for the best part, those organizations uh, themselves seeking transformative change either within their own you know, sphere or within their, their sector. But they're aligned also to, to delivering you know, an economic upside as well as a social uh, impact and an environmental impact. And then the third integrated piece, somewhat legally separate, is the investment fund uh, that we're setting up called the Regenerative Fund. And there'll be a few of those over time. Um, but the idea is that it's a, a, a private equity impact investment fund uh, targeted at, as it says, you know, private companies who are not necessarily going to be funding in the public space. So it's a private equity play, venture capital play. So that's the platform. I hope that helps a little bit. It absolutely does. And... I want to dig into this a little bit more, this idea that somewhere along the line, people thought that these were two separate things, making money and doing good. And I think that this is a appropriate place to 
bring up this concept of new practice, this idea that what drove industry, what drove business in the 20th century might not necessarily be what's going to drive business in the 21st century. And it's interesting as you look at all of these Fortune 500 companies, they all now have these initiatives. We want to be plastic-free by a certain year. We want to reduce our carbon footprint. We want to use less fossil fuels. We've seen over the last decade this awareness growing uh, with you know big, large multinational conglomerates who, you know, in the in the last century, that's just not what they were thinking about. And the forward thinkingness of uh, on your part for cannabis companies, I, I think that's really, really special. And I'd love to hear your kind of thoughts on just this evolving world that we're in, why this should be important to companies when it wasn't before. Yeah, and I can I can speak to that, um, Patrick here. Um, you know, I moved over from Dublin in Ireland a decade ago uh, to work with a company called Sustainable Brands and based out of San Francisco. And, you know, corporate sustainability was very much a, a sideshow back then, and it was a, a nice to have. There was one person in the, in the sustainability uh, team it was very much uh, very limited on budget, etc. It wasn't at the core of, of, of companies. But over the over the years, that began to change. And companies that we were working with, like Unilever, Procter and Gamble, Amazon, Nike, etc., they started to embed sustainability at the core of their business. And it it became, you know, some of the CSOs became CEOs, chief sustainability officers, um, and ultimately it became a business driver. So. Again, to Jeff's point and to your point, doing good and making money became non-exclusive, and and uh, so 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 as we as I and Jeff Jeff also worked at Sustainable Brands with me, and that's where we formed our our friendship and our our partnership. Um, as I noticed this trend in in over the last decade, it's the same with the cannabis industry. Um, you know, before I moved into the cannabis full time. Um, I, I had worked at the, at the very core and, and at the very cutting edge of, of corporate sustainability. So many of the Fortune 500 companies. And when I moved into the cannabis industry, um, roughly about four years ago, there was very little talk of sustainability, ESG. There was no talk of sustainable development goals. And there was obviously the underpinned in North America with the issues of the, the social issues for black and brown uh, folks. And we were, it was very, uh, disheartening and also very um, concerning that the direction of the industry that it was going, and there was obviously the crash in 2018 in 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 Canada, where uh, the investors had basically ran it into the ground, and we we formed Regenibus as a result of this to be able to, as a, as not just Regenibus but with other major and great people in the industry to try and get this industry back on track, and to to bring regenerative growth for all in the cannabis industry. So make it fair, make it equitable, make it diverse, and make it respectable uh, for everybody to to collectively become and leverage the opportunity that this great and beautiful plant has to offer. Um, now, of course, we're we're also bridging the gap between the cannabis and hemp industry with the uh, with the with the corporate world and the mainstream world too. So we are speaking with many of these companies um, who, obviously, because of federal legal federal situation here in the North America um, 
cannot put their foot forward or their brand forward to say that we're engaged in the cannabis and hemp space. But we've seen companies like 3M, for example, and they're they're leveraging hemp uh, for uh, several of their, their products. We've seen what L'Oreal um, and uh, Levi's and Patagonia are doing around hemp and incorporating incorporating hemp into their companies. So sustainability is is the is become a a front and center, and we only see that being more so as the years progress. So this is the cutting. This is the year. This is the decade of action um, as we approach 2030 goals, and um, the sustainability is 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 here to stay. And I think those that embed it, that put it front and center, will be the ones to see success in the end. Yeah, and and if you don't mind, Eric, I mean, let me just add to that too, uh, just to speak also to the shift that's happened from last century and the last three decades of the last century to now, um, and sort of focus on what happened August 2019. A lot has happened because of the pandemic, uh, and you may have forgotten. But in the business world, something significant happened um, in something called the Business Roundtable, which is a representation of 181 of the biggest companies in the world. 181 signatories of the Business Roundtable signed a document uh, which basically restated uh, Friedman's initial purpose of a business uh, to really look at a more holistic approach, a more systems thinking approach. Now, there may be some folks out there that say, well, they haven't done much. Uh, the 181 CEOs, some have, some are a little bit of a laggard, but at least there is this this thinking, and now in some, in many cases, some action around recognizing that that businesses have a purpose. Almost, it, it, you could almost say it's like the counter to uh, to sort of an unintended consequence of of the um, of Citizens United which I'm not a huge fan of. But the, the the counter to that is that some businesses are beginning to think like a living organism. They're beginning to think, what is what is our purpose? Why do, do we exist? And I think what we're seeing and witnessing now is the shift from sustainability to regeneration. Sustainability being this this notion that, you know, it's not enough anymore to to continue being extractive and depleting. We need to think differently. We need to be replenishing and restorative, which we embrace under the term regenerative. Um, And we see an opportunity not only for the cannabis industry to grow and, and as Patrick said, to to deliver regenerative growth for all, but we can also see that the certainly the hemp industry and the medical cannabis industries will themselves be drivers to change and disrupt other industries and to drive them to become regenerative industries like the food industry, the fuel industry, the fashion industry, farming industry. And to, um, and I know, Eric, uh, that you're a big believer that 2021 is the year of fiber. I, I, I listened to a previous episode. And fibers, you know, we can see whether it's hempcrete or it's uh, a replacement for plastics in packaging, no matter the industry. There is a huge opportunity for us to harness uh, hemp at an industrial level to drive and then disrupt industries and and shift them from their their comfort zones. And this is why we talk about next practice. It's really getting CEOs and, uh, and, and, and their investors to think way beyond just what they have thought a business is about. 
and, and, and what the business has been about for way too long is, is just making money. And what we're looking at is, is really harnessing this opportunity to, to continue making money. Nothing wrong with that. But if you do that uh, and, and align yourself with social impact as well as environmental impact, you'll go even further. So that's what we reference as this kind of next practice thinking, systems level, level thinking that really embraces and, and puts brands on a totally different strategy and into a different strategy because they're in a different trajectory. Uh, there's there's just so many brilliant points in there it's hard to even know where to start i will say i greatly appreciate you listening to the other episode and i do uh stand by my prediction that this will be the year of fiber i want to talk about the importance because i've seen some articles recently i've seen some people uh criticizing the cannabis industry and particularly the uh, the recreational and medical cannabis industry here in the United States for being such a plastic dependent industry and how important it is for this industry uh, because of the potential of the plant, just as you said, as, as a, uh, a resource, a renewable resource for bioplastics, how important it is for this industry to adopt what is possible with the other components of the plant. Um, you know, while it just seems like there's almost something hypocritical about this industry, which does uphold this plant that has all this potential to be a huge, huge depender on plastics. And can you, you know, just talk a little bit about why hemp is so perfectly suited to address many of those sustainable development goals, of which I believe there are about 17. It, it's a perfect medium for helping us address a number of those, but it, it does, it seems critically important for our industry to buy into that belief. And it, it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that part of what you help your members and your network through Regenibus kind of realize, kind of uh, just one of those many points about why this industry almost has a responsibility to be stewards and to be thinking about that regenerative approach, be thinking from a systems level rather than just thinking from the for-profit model. Yeah, um, certainly. I mean, again, uh, from prior episodes that, that I know that you have, the topics that you've covered, um, you know, we could look at one regenerative industry alone, regenerative agriculture, and, and the opportunity that, that, uh, is presented by hemp if we can here in the United States, but globally, if we can just get our head around creating the infrastructure beyond just growing hemp. But let's just stick with growing hemp, uh, and I'll come back to the challenges facing the cannabis industry around plastics and packaging, because they're they're they're, they're linked again. Systems thinking, um, you know, hemp as a as a plant is a what we call a, a phytoremediator. It's a, it's a it's a plant that remediates soil as it grows. There are very few other plants out there that remediate soil as it goes. In other words, it takes out all sorts of toxins from, from topsoil. One of the biggest challenges we have certainly here in the United States, that unless we get our heads into this space and think about soil health, we probably have about 60 years of soil topsoil health left remaining, which fundamentally means that beyond that, America will cease to be a place where you could grow much. It'll become a dust bowl. So it's, it's a critical piece of thinking of, of, of what we should be getting our heads into 
the other piece around regenerative agriculture is is extracting and taking away all the sort of mecha- the over mechanized procedures that are happening in farming and as well the use of chemicals in farming because of course then you get toxic water runoffs which which will impact the health of water etc cetera, etc cetera. so you can see the links uh, in these 17 goals that are linked there's 169 um, targets 242 indicators again they're, they're all linked if you push this one it's there's a reaction over here if we if we continue then to think of the opportunity around hemp is 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 what it can then do at a very local level but increasingly what it could do because pretty much any part of that plant can be utilized in some shape or form whether it's you know uh, in a, in a food product or it's something that you could wear or it's something you could run a car on because it can be it can be a biofuel and similarly it can be something that uh, we can extract fibers from for fashion. Patrick referenced Patagonia, referenced Levi's, but it could also be, you know, put into something that can be useful in the building material, uh, as a building material. And we know that one of the biggest contributors to global greenhouse gas emissions is the built environment because of concrete. So we begin to then start thinking of, of different solutions. But then before I uh, leave and let, let Patrick jump in here, Let's just go back to the cannabis industry at a, at a local level um, and the overuse of plastic in the packaging. And that's largely because the, you know, the, um, the requirements from a legal perspective are that once you sell a cannabis product out of a, a, a dispensary, it has to be wrapped in a, a plastic packaging uh, uh, material. It, it has to be childproof, etc. There's nothing wrong with it being childproof, but there are alternatives to uh, plastics, and that's another part uh, that we need to look at. We have to look at the fragmented system that governs the, the dispensaries, uh, etc., and look at it sort of more holistically. It, you know, there is a, a huge opportunity for you, for us to address um, utilizing uh, petroleum-based plastics and, and having them replaced by hemp-based and or other plant-based plastics. Uh, and so I think the, the cannabis and hemp industry can not only help itself, but can help others. And I think that's a, a huge uh, piece to think of. Yeah, just to add to that, and I mean, we could talk all day about the, the, the 17 SDGs um, and how cannabis and hemp is contributing to those 17 goals that Jeff referred to some of them. But you know, if you even pick out SDG 8, decent work and economic growth, the, the, the potential for cannabis and hemp, and we're seeing it here in North America, of course, to create jobs, new business, new entrepreneurs, um, you know, taxes for, for, for countries, econ- sincere, sincere and profound economic growth potential from, uh, from, from cannabis and hemp once normalized and legalized, um, is, is, is unbelievable. So, you know, plastics, uh, environmental impact, but the economic impact too is, 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 uh, has, has huge potential. And then if we even look at SDG three, for example, good health and well-being, the, 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 um, not just from the medical side, but, but foods that can be created from hemp. So uh, hemp, uh, milks and hemp uh, hearts and many different hemp, uh, bones of hemp food. That can contribute to incredible health of, of our society. So again, we really need to be pushing this at a government level and with the United Nations to 
to legalize this plant, uh, the hemp and the cannabis plant, the marijuana plant, um, so we can push and, and build systems that can drive the 17 sustainable development goals in, and in essence creating a much more sustainable uh, world for ourselves. And that's very lofty and of course, but, but um, I mean, that's the vision and that's the hope and that's, that's where we're, we're driving the industry too. And I, and I have a feeling that the three of us could probably talk for a very long time about these topics because they are they are uh, just very, very near and dear topics to my heart. And they're just very critically important. So it's just it's a really wonderful thing to hear about uh, what you guys are doing, what you've created and the the way that you're helping people change how they think about all of these things. I want to touch on one thing really quickly, which is uh, the sequestration potential of hemp, as you uh, referenced earlier, the bioremediative qualities. And, you know, we we recently saw, and I know I was excited when I saw it, and I saw this kind of wave on LinkedIn of the hemp community get excited because Elon Musk put out a $100 million prize for a technology that removes carbon dioxide from the air. And there was this, uh, all these people out there who were saying, what do you mean a technology? (laughs) We have this crop that can do that. And, you know, there's a, there's another component to that because I do believe that, which is qualifying, uh, exactly how much hemp does sequester. And this whole idea of carbon credits is kind of tied into that. How do you quantify something? How do you really put a dollar value on this? Uh, it's not an intangible thing that it that it's doing, but it's much harder to see, right? Because we're talking about pulling carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere through the process of growing hemp. So I'm just interested in your thoughts on, uh, you know, the carbon credits component, the idea of qualifying hemp's uh, remediative qualities through research. And then if you have any uh, funny thoughts or interesting thoughts to share about Elon Musk's uh, challenge that he put out there and what we might see from other folks kind of, uh, you know, like Elon Musk, who are trying to incentivize people out there, uh, incentivize innovators to come up with new and novel ways to get us out of this carbon crisis that we're in? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think this is, a, this, this is great. I, I, you know, let me just jump in first with Elon Musk. Love him or loathe him. Uh, you got to admire the fact that he, he does shake it up and he gets people to be thinking a little differently. Now, I don't know whether we're going to see uh, sort of a hemp rooftop on any Tesla anytime soon, but I, I do applaud the fact that he, in a Sally Bowles kind of way that says, you know, money makes the world go around. If that's the incentive that it that drives folks to look at the opportunities that hemp may present, then I'm all for it. I think that what we had seen uh, as part of the, um, with the, the UN Commission on Narcotics and Drugs, which happened around about November, December time last year, which in essence was to was to deschedule cannabis. Um, what that really, from a medical uh, perspective, what that really means is that it opens the door for even more research to take place in both the the the, the medical and the scientific world around both cannabis and hemp. And I think that we should applaud because we, we want to we, we want science to begin to take the lead and show just what 
this wonderful plant can deliver to. And, and, and so we, you know, we embrace all of that, but uh, we talk about a, a lot of lofty goals here, but let's just sort of boil it right down to something that's very pragmatic and, and sort of our approach. Um, we reference our advisory work, you know, again, sustainability and branding underpinned with, through this process around helping organizations um, understand and measure what is material to their business. There's a lot of words in there, but basically there is this framework called environmental social governance framework that is being increasingly sought after by the investor community. So once again, Sally Bowles is right. Money makes the world go around. Here we are with a bunch of investors and the community that are beginning to ask increasingly, what is, to a chief executive officer, what are your goals and aspirations around environmental social governance? Because investors are increasingly being tasked with that from a fiduciary responsibility, which means that if they don't do it, they can get in trouble. So they're now, this is great because it's, it's driving businesses to begin to think a little bit more than beyond the economic upside, which we embrace. But we're also saying that if you can begin to understand them at a very granular level in your business, what your, what, what, if you're a grower, then what are you doing about soil health? What are you doing about your toxic water runoff? What are you doing about the energy intensive use? you know, in your in, indoor bill, in your indoor glow or whatever. And also, what are you doing around the social challenges facing folks who are in all likelihood going to get left behind unless we do something about it? And with, as Patrick has alluded to, we're, you know, we, we're talking about black and brown folk whose, whose shoulders this nascent industry has been grown on who are in real danger of being left behind. We can't let that happen. Then we, we could also look at indigenous peoples, not just in the United States, but across the world, where there will be land grabs, metaphorical and or literal. And we, we want to make sure that that doesn't happen because we do believe that there's enough for everybody. And so one, one of the things that we are embedding in, into businesses is helping them think through their relationship with the environment and social aspects. And then come back to the finance crowd. There is something called the, the Task Force for Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, TCFD. Again, this is part of uh, an, over, an overarching approach that says, as a business, what, what are you doing, both your financing and your non-financial reporting, about your impact on climate-related challenges? So this is coming. And all we're doing is just giving cannabis companies in the private and or the public space a heads up that this is coming. And we're here to help. And once you take our help and, and, and build out um, just as you would do your business, you're going to see that as you grow, your access to capital from that investor world will, be, will decrease in cost to you. So that's a good thing for businesses. And that's, that's, that's how we're tying it all together. The sequestration piece is, is very, very interesting. It's a, it's a big piece of, of what um, the, the regenerative agriculture play can 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 be delivered to by uh, the hemp industry. So so it, it, it's super critical. All of this stuff. It's a lot to digest. It, it really is. But you guys are doing just a fantastic job. I wish that we had more time to cover all of this. Um, we'll certainly 
make sure that we are following up with you. And especially as things start to open up, especially as we get back on track, there was such a, you know, a gloom hanging over last year that, uh, you know, we were, it was going to take a really long time to get to the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think we're getting back there. And I, and I think as I, you kind of touched on at the very beginning, there's actually some things that this pandemic and that COVID has really allowed to bubble up to the surface quicker than had it not happened. Things that we need to address as a society, whether that's issues with uh, the environment, whether that's issues with race and environmental justice and racial justice, social justice, everything that ESG really covers. It's, uh, I think it's a blessing in disguise, and it's really been wonderful to speak with you both this afternoon. And uh, I really thank you for taking the time to join us here on the Hobbit Minute today. Likewise, Eric. Thanks, thanks very much for having us. And we would be very happy to come on again and speak to in more depth to any other areas uh, that we've discussed. I know it's very lofty, um, but there's lots to discuss and very, very important for this industry as we continue to drive it in the right direction in, 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 in a sustainable ethical and responsible direction that's what we're what we're doing and there's a great community of people driving that so thanks very much for having us by the way and uh take care likewise eric thank you well you are both leaders in that community and anybody who wants to learn more or join with you and uh become a part of everything that you are doing can learn more at regenabis.com that's r-e-g-e-n-n-a-b-i-s.com thank you so much guys Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hoban Minute. Do you have any ideas for episode topics or guests? We would like to hear from you. Reach out to us at media at hoban.law and stay tuned for more on the Hoban Minute.